enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and chill you a little. So settle back, get a good grip on your nerves. Where are we going? You'll find out when we get there. Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you are here, as always. And today I want to kick off your weekend with a play from the shadow. And the title of this one is Shyster Payoff. And this one aired November 6th of 1938. Enjoy. dealer presents The Shadow. These half-hour dramatizations are designed to forcibly demonstrate to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The Shadow, a serious character who waves those in distress and helps the forces of law and order, is in reality... Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the unseen voice belongs. The only one who knows the true identity of that master of other people's minds, the shadow. Today's story, Shyster Payoff. Commissioner Weston, my paper wants to know what you're doing about this wave of hold-up. I hear you're resigning, Commissioner. What about the mayor's statement, Weston? Yes, come on, let's no. have your story. Wait a minute. Come on. Wait a minute, boys. Right. I'll give you a statement. Right. Okay, Commissioner, thanks. Sure, we're having a crime wave. But the police department is as good as you'll find in any city. We make arrests. The trouble is the district attorney's office can't get convictions. But it isn't the DA's fault that the work of his office is hampered by a political fixer and a shyster lawyer. Can we quote you on that? How about blaming the shyster, Commissioner Weston? Who's the political fixer? Come on, come on, come on. Give us the Hold it, boys. Hold it. What is it, Sergeant? There's a call in your office, Commissioner Weston. Sorry, boys. That's all. See you later. Who is it? The mayor? No, it's him again. Who are you talking about? Who's him? The shadow. The shadow? <laughs> if I haven't got enough trouble. All right, I'll talk to him. I'll call you if I need you. Yes, sir. All right, shadow. What is it this time? <laughs> Good afternoon, Commissioner Weston. Did you enjoy your conference with the gentlemen of the press? You know everything, don't you? You flatter me, Commissioner. All right, let's have it. Commissioner, do my ears deceive me, or did I really detect a note of, shall we say, welcome in your voice? Listen, Shadow, I'll admit you have helped the police department at times, and I'm willing to accept tips or help from you just as I would from any other citizen. I take it you are a citizen and are interested in law enforcement. Yes, Commissioner Weston, I am a citizen. And I am interested in law enforcement. I wish there were more like that. But you didn't call me to exchange compliments. What do you want? I called, Commissioner, to make a deal. A deal? For yourself, Shadow? No. 
Merely a deal whereby you will be ready to round up a criminal syndicate, headed by Tiger, the notorious shyster lawyer, Rogan, the political fixer, and Red Doyle, the gangster. You're crazy, Shadow. We know they're all crooks, but we can't prove it. Suppose I could produce proof. I wouldn't arrest a combination like that without an ironclad case. I wouldn't last 24 hours if the rap didn't stick. They'd have my job. You'll have your ironclad case, Commissioner Weston. Wait until you hear from me. <laughs> your Honor, may it please the court. I submit that the indictment against my client, Harry Dale, is improperly drawn, and I therefore ask that the state's case be dismissed. I object, Your Honor! The indictment against Harry Dale is properly drawn under Section 73 of the Penal Code! <laughs> order! Order in the court! Just a moment, gentlemen. The jury will please retire when I hear your arguments on a point of law which is not within the province of their deliberation. Farewell, Mr. Tigert, Mr. Prosecutor. Step to the bar. I will hear your arguments as to the validity of this indictment. Lord Cranston, would you mind telling me why we've been following this lawyer, Rex Tigert, from court to court, watching him plead case after case? Just to give my very lovely assistant, Margot Lane, a cook's tour of the more unpleasant side of the legal profession. How do you like Tigert, Margot? He reminds me of a snake. What's he doing now, Lamont? Tigert is pulling another legal technicality, snatching another criminal from the hands of the law. How did he get away with it? The law, Margot, is flexible. But its flexibility can be used by shyster lawyers like Tiger to provide loopholes. Order! Silence in the court! Watch what happens. Order! Silence in the court. Mr. Prosecutor, I regret I must agree with the arguments of counsel for the defense, Mr. Tiger. I protest, Your Honor! I protest! Due to the testimony given by the defense, and because of this technical error in the indictment... I must dismiss the case against Harry Dale and discharge the jury. Lamont, Tiger just went into that apartment building. How much longer are we going to follow him around in the car? I've got to follow Tiger. Watch every move he makes, Margot. I promised Commissioner Weston an airtight case. I'm getting proof of a vicious racket. A racket that forces innocent people into a life of crime. Where are you going, Lamont? I'm going to follow Tiger into that apartment as the shadow. I have an idea Tiger is about to collect his fee for defending a recent client. Stay here, Margot. Wait till I return. Mr. Tiger, why have you come to my apartment? My brother's not here. My brother's not here, I tell you. I've given you every cent I have, every cent I can raise for defending him. For saving your brother from the electric chair, Ruth Dale. But my brother was innocent. Yes, but the evidence was all against him. Your brother is alive, free, only because of my knowledge of the law and your perjured testimony. Why, you made me testify falsely. You told me it was the only way to save my brother. Yes, yes, I did. You want him tried again on the evidence? I can arrange it. And I can have you arrested for perjury, sent to prison. Oh, no, no. Please, let me alone. Your brother needs money. You need money. I can show you both how to make a lot of it. Quite easily. We won't do anything criminal. My plans are quite simple. You look like a girl accustomed to buying expensive jewels. You have only to go into jewelry shops and ask to see certain gems. When they're shown to you, it won't be your fault if your brother and others happen in and take them away. And suppose we refuse? You will go to prison for perjury... And the electric chair will be waiting for your brother. 
terrible night to be driving, Lamont. Sorry, Marco. Wherever Taggart goes, we go. I detest Taggart. I'm glad he was able to get Dr. Lambert's parole. I never did believe Dr. Lambert was responsible for that woman's death. Yes, Margo. I'm glad Lambert is out, too. But I'm sorry for anyone Tiger helps. Lamont, do you think Tiger means to force him into his crime to make it too? Yes, Margo. The way he's done to Ruth Dale and her brother and many others. Oh, but those poor people he's forcing into crime must be helped. Why don't you tell Commissioner Weston? I'm not ready, Margo. It takes a lot of fine threads to make a web of evidence to catch a slippery eel like Tiger. Besides... There are others. I'm out to get political fixer Grogan, Red Doyle, the gangster. They're part of Tiger's crime syndicate. Lamont, it's raining so hard I can't see. Where are we? Outside the home of Dr. John Lambert, late of Lingate Prison. And look, yes. there in the driveway, Tiger's car. What's the next move, Lamont? Margot, you drive down yes, the road. Yes, I know, Lamont, and wait. I'm sorry, Margot. I know it's cold and wet, but I won't be long. I have a notion, Margot. That we'll drive away from here with an ironclad case for Commissioner Weston. We'll go on, Lamont. I'll wait. Good luck, Shelby. Oh, why did you get me out, Tiger? What good am I to myself or to anybody? A doctor convicted of murder without a right to practice. Where can I go? The parole board said I can't leave the state. What can I do? The board says I'll be sent back to prison if I don't get a job. Why didn't you let me serve out my sentence? Why didn't you leave me alone? Easy, easy. Take it easy. Because I can use you, Dr. Lambert. I have a connection, friends who need a doctor they can trust. Oh, who would trust me? You can be trusted. Because you have reason to hate and fear the law as much as these connections of mine. But I've got to have a legitimate job or I'll be sent back to prison. I'll arrange that. All right, what do I have to do? It's right in your line as a surgeon. You'll be ready, day or night, to treat gunshot wounds, remove bullets, perhaps graft skin and change faces which have unfortunately found their way into the rogue gallery of the police. What's in it for me? Money. Money you'll need for that fresh start when your year's probation is over. You'd let me go when my probation's up a year from now? Sure. That's fair enough, isn't it? Just for one year. Twelve months. Then money and a chance to get away. Far away. All right, Tiger, I'll do it. When do I start? I'm afraid, Doctor, you'll have to wait until one of my connections gets hurt. Meanwhile, he has 200 as a retainer. Tell the probation board you're working for me as an investigator, but keep away from my law office. Just stay here and wait till you hear from me. All right, all right, I understand. Maybe a week, even, even before you get a call. But when it comes, go where you are told. And keep your mouth shut. Or you'll go back to the big house for another stretch. That's all, Dr. Lambert. <laughs> a shyster lawyer. A shyster doctor. You're in good company, John Lambert. Good company. Oh, I've got to stop talking to myself. I'm not in solitary. I'm free. I'm not in prison anymore. <laughs> what was that? That voice. No, you're still in prison. You're not free, John Lambert. You'll never be free. They'll never let you go. A voice. It laughed. It spoke to me and answered me. Oh, am I losing my mind? No, Lambert, you're quite sane. But unless you listen to me, you're entering another kind of bondage. But what is this voice? It can't happen. It can't. There is more than a voice in this room. I am quite real, quite close to you. As close as Rex Tiger was a few moments ago. Hypnosis? Yes, hypnosis. I'm here in this room, but I've clouded your mind so that you cannot see me. But who are you? What do you want? John Lambert. 
Haven't you ever heard a certain name whispered through the dark cells of Lindgate Prison? A name associated with the unseen? A name criminals hate and fear? The Shadow. You are the Shadow? Yes. But you have no reason to fear me. I believe you're an innocent man unjustly convicted. Uh, the newspaper said I was innocent too. But I went to prison just the same for seven long years. Now, Tiger has offered me money, then freedom after a year. What can you offer, Shadow? A chance to be true to your profession, to yourself. I have no profession. They took that away from me, and they took my self-respect, too. I'm not Dr. John Lambert, the surgeon. I'm ex-con number 2847, convicted murderer, out on parole because of a shyster, dirty shyster lawyer. There is no more Dr. John Lambert. You're wrong. That was John Lambert speaking just now, crying out against this bargain you've made with Tiger, a swine who never kept a bargain in his life. Oh, yes. You're right, Shadow. I, I can't go through with it. And yet if I don't, Tiger will send me back. You know, he can. He has influence. I, too, have influence and power, Dr. Lambert. Doctor. Dr. Lambert. <laughs> it's been seven years and anybody called me doctor without a sneer or a laugh. What would you give to regain your professional honor? To escape Tiger's bondage? Oh, don't, Shadow, please. The don't. law can make amends. The law. It needs your help. Why should I help the law? It destroyed me. You can help put an end to criminal slavery such as Tiger offers you and countless others. You can help wipe out a vicious racket that enslaves poor unfortunates more than the prison from which they were released. Prison. Bondage. Yes, that is. It's bondage. Not freedom, not hope. You'll never be free. You'll never have hope. Unless. Unless what, Shadow? Unless you help me put Tiger and his kind behind bars. All right, Shadow. I will. I'll do it. I'll do anything you say. Because I know I can trust you. Even the men you sent to Lingate, the men who hate and fear you, swear you never break your word. I'll keep my word, Dr. Lambert. Tell me what you want me to do. Do nothing until Tiger's associates call you. Then go where they tell you. But before you go, I want you to phone a certain number. What number, Shadow? It's written on the old prescription pad on your desk. On, on the old prescription pad? Yes, Dr. Lambert. On the prescription pad. See it there? Old. Seven years yellowed with age. But that number will bring the shadow to you. Wherever you go. And it will mark the beginning of the road back for you and many others. If you do not fail me. If you do not fail the shadow. In just a moment, we continue with the shadow's gripping adventure. This is the end of the trail, Margot. I hope so, Lamont. When did Dr. Lambert phone you? About an hour ago. Tiger ordered him to go to the old Empire Hotel. Where's that? Along the beach. About three blocks from here. Slow the car down, Margot. I thought every hotel out here was closed for the winter. They are. So it makes an ideal headquarters for Tiger's mob. Why don't you let Commissioner Weston round them up, Lamont? You've done enough. No, Margot. I promised Weston an airtight case. I've got to be sure the whole outfit is caught with the goods before I give Weston the word to close in. What makes you so sure this will be the finish? It's the logical time for the gang to be paid off, Margot. Those three big jewel robberies this week, all unquestionably Tiger's gang. A girl going into the stores and asking to see certain valuable gems. Well, that was Ruth Dale, all right. The description fitted perfectly. But why did they call for Dr. Lambert? The driver of the getaway car was shot, Margot. 
Are they two to one? Lambert is treating him right now. Be careful he doesn't have to take a bullet out of the shadow. Oh. Stop right here, Margo. Yeah, this is close enough. Now, Margo, wait and keep the short wave tuned in on the band the shadow always uses. Phone Weston the minute I give the word. Then go straight back to town and wait for me. Lamont, if I don't hear from you in an hour... You'll still stay away from the Empire Hotel, Margot Lane. That's an order. Lamont Cranston, there are times when I wish I'd never heard of the shadow. Well, go on, Lamont, and, and get this over with. Give me my cut, daughter. Daughter, give me my eyes. Shut, daughter. Tires, get growing like that. I don't want to burn. I don't want to burn, Doyle. Yeah, that, 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 please, please take it easy. Listen, Doc. Yes. Keep that guy quiet. Give him something to shut him up. That's what we're paying you for. The man is delirious, Doyle. Why didn't you call me sooner? Fix him up and don't ask him any questions. Where's Tigers? Where's Tigers? He's in the next room. What do you care? Now, you do as you're told and shut that guy up. Come on, Doyle. And get his clip ticket out. Okay, Tiger. Keep your shirt on. I'm coming. Doyle, don't take me. We're only down. I'm sorry, fellow, but I guess I'll have to put you under. Oh, why doesn't the shadow come? They're all here. Why doesn't he come? <laughs> I am here, Dr. Lambert. I've been here for several minutes. Shadow, thank heaven you found the place. Well, oh. oh, Tiger. <laughs> Give the man a hypo if he can stand it. Put him to sleep. I've already given it to him. But he should be in a hospital. He'll be on his way to a hospital in a few minutes. Are those the men you want out there, Shadow? Red Doyle is the actual leader of the gang. But Tiger gives the order. I don't know anything about Grogan. Grogan is the rottenest of the lot. He's a political fixer, without whom no big gang can operate. Well, but you, uh, you're not going to tackle them alone. No, but we're going to hold them in the next room until the police can close in. Commissioner Weston is waiting for word from me. Can you handle a gun? Yes, yes, yes. This wounded man has gone under. He won't give us any trouble. Good. Quick now. Take his gun over there on the table. All right, Shadow. It's loaded. Good. Now pocket that gun. Go in that other room. Get as close to Tiger as you can. When I speak, grab Tiger and shove that gun in his back. Don't let anyone get behind you. All right, Shadow. You haven't failed me so far, and I trust you now. Calling Margot Lane. Calling Margot Lane. Born Weston at the 17th Precinct Station. He is there, ready and waiting. Tell him to surround and raid the Empire Hotel. Break into basement. Let no one escape. Let no one escape. That is all. All right, Tiger. The split is all figured out. Now, here's the payoff sheet. All right, Doyle. Pay off the punk first. We'll get them out of here. Okay. Come here, Rootdale. Now, here's your cut. Fifty bucks. I don't want it. I won't take it. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars for turning criminal, helping rob three jewelry stores. You got fifty thousand dollars worth of gems. The newspaper said so. <laughs> ah, quit reading the papers. They always double a haul. Fifty dollars for helping you. The Prince only paid us ten grand for the stuff. There was five of my regular boys who did the dirty work. A grand for Tiger, the springers, if things went haywire. A grand to Grogan for a fix just in case and the getaway car. You better take it, Ruth. There's no other way. Take it or leave it. Only remember what I told you. The electric chair's still waiting for your brother here. Oh, Peter, I don't want the money. I don't care. Just let us Out go. of the way, Dame. All right, Dale. Here's your cut. A hundred bucks. Don't take it, Harry. Don't. Better take your share, Dale. Next time I may not be able to spring you. No, my sister's right. I didn't want to get mixed up in this. You made me, Tigers. I'm getting out with Ruth. Don't try it. Nobody quit. All right, now beat it, punk. Go on upstairs. Doyle and Grogan and I have got some things to talk over. Well, what about me, Tigers? Oh, I almost forgot you, Lambert. Didn't see you standing behind me. Give the doc 200, Doyle. 
How are the patients? As well as could be expected. Don't worry if you're losing. He's a dumbbell anyhow. Come on, Doyle. Let's you target me get down to business. Okay, okay, Grogan. Come on, Dale. You and your sister and Lambert, beat it. <laughs> Not so fast, gentlemen. Okay, what's that? that? Who was that? Just an unseen guest at the division of the spoils of crime. Tiger, there's only one guy that lives like that. A guy nobody's even seen. The shadow. Yes, Tiger. The shadow. Of course, he's come for a cut, give it on. He's poisoned. Yeah. He'll get a cut. Stand still, Tiger. Don't move. Lambert! What are you doing? Let go of me. Take that gun out of my back, you fool. Doyle! He's badly hurt. Sergeant, get him and rush him to the hospital. All right, boys, take these trucks out of here. Shadow? Yes, Commissioner. Thanks. You certainly handed me an airtight case against three of the biggest crooks in the city. You'll keep your promise to help Dr. Lambert, Dale, and his sister? You kept your promise, I'll keep mine. That's all I ask. You're a strange man, Shadow. That's all you ever ask. I told you I was just a citizen interested in law enforcement, in seeing the innocent protected and the guilty punished. Goodbye, Commissioner, until we meet again. In just a moment, we have a surprise for you. A preview of next week's exciting shadow adventure. Now, a preview of next week's shadow story, Black Rock. Martin, and you too, Ward. Yeah. You're working for me now, what I say goes. Okay, Burkett, we get it. What's the gag? A big business executive like you tying crooks. Shut up, you two, and listen to me. Now, here's the setup. I'm going to steal, or shall I say acquire, the entire profits, two million dollars... 
of my company. Oh, boy, I get it, and then leave all the poor stockholders holding the bag. You'd take candy from a baby, wouldn't you? Don't worry. You two guys, you'll get your cut. Will innocent stockholders be robbed by an unscrupulous profiteer, or will the shadow be able to protect them? Find out next week when you hear the shadow's newest adventure, Black Rock. This program has been the dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow magazine, now on sale at your local newsstand. All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The Shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, Blue Coal, America's finest anthracite, will again present The Shadow. Be sure to listen and be sure to burn Blue Coal, the solid fuel for solid comfort. Another five-minute mystery. Is he all right? We'll see, Mike. Where's the car? Just kept going after he got hit. He's all right, isn't he? I'm afraid not, Mike. Your father is dead. But, Mr. Floyd, how can the insurance company be so heartless? Oh, don't get me wrong, Mr. Patterson. You'll get the money in time, just as soon as I've heard the story from you and Dr. Warren. And time is not good enough. I don't even have money to bury him decently. I'll be frank with you, Patterson. That's one of the reasons I've been asked to investigate this. You don't mean to say that. Don't get upset. Just tell me the story as it happened. You'll probably get the money tonight. Let's begin with you, Dr. Warren. Well, there's nothing much I can tell you, Mr. Floyd. Please, doctor, whatever you can. Mike's father was a man of about 65. His left leg was missing. And that happened in a railroad crash. It was years ago. He seems to have used a single crutch to help him, judging from the callus on his hand. Is that correct, Mike? Yes. Practically all the time. Where did the automobile hit him, Dr. Warren? Mainly on the right side from the look of things. That's where the worst damage was done. All right. Mr. Patterson, suppose you tell me what you know about it. Well, we were walking north, facing the traffic on the highway. And the car that hit him was going south. That's right. I particularly noticed the license plate as it approached. It was a Florida car, maybe heading home. What make? I don't know, but it was from Florida. I was helping my dad along, as I always did when he walked on the highway. And this car came along at a terrific speed and swerved towards us. Tried to pull my father off the road, but he couldn't move fast enough. The car hit him with a sickening thud and, and jerked him away from me. That's all I can tell you. Well, I've got the whole story now, I think, for my report. I want to thank you, both of you. This will facilitate action. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I suppose that means that I can get the money soon. Not exactly. That means that you'll go to the electric chair for the murder of your father. <laughs> Why did Mr. Floyd charge Mike Patterson with murder? 
See if you can find the two flaws in his story. In a moment, you'll hear Mr. Floyd explain. But first... is as keen as Mr. Floyd's. Let me go. Let me go, I tell you. You can't prove a thing. Mr. Floyd, why did you accuse Mike of murdering his father? Was it simply because he's beneficiary? No, Doctor. There are two things wrong with this story. First, he said his father was hit by a car with Florida license plates in front. Florida hasn't had front license plates in years. But more important, Mike said he was helping his father. Now, if a man's left leg is off, he uses a crutch on that side and is helped on the right side. And if they were facing traffic, Mike would have been on the inside and would have been hit by the car. We suspected what happened when we saw blood on Mike's own car, but now we know. 